from rehabbing and construction to luxury properties. Andy Polsky and his team are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the brokerage Remax Advantage Plus and can be found online at apgroupmn.com. Now, here's Andy Polsky. Thanks for tuning in today. This is going to be a real fun episode. We have Andrew Fisher on the show today. He started a whiskey company and he's he's pretty much got financial freedom through real estate to allow him to do something like that. How you doing, Andrew? I'm good. Thanks for having me. And as always, we got my sidekick, Andy Ream here. Hey, how's it going? And then Marshall, Minnesota podcast producer here. Hi, Andy. How are you doing? Good. How about yourself? Very good. So uh, tell me, what's the real estate market like right now? For me, it's been really hot. I think I like to call it a fall rush where everybody's trying to make that move that they've been thinking about for a long time. They want to get it done before Thanksgiving, the holidays. So I've, I'm seeing a lot of activity. It's a little slower in in the higher end homes. I'm seeing a lot of price reductions when you get up to that six hundred thousand dollar plus sure. mark. But anything under four hundred thousand in that range, if it's priced right, it's flying off the market right now. What do you see happening with uh, a winter market? Does it really slow down? You know, like at you know holiday time. Should people take their house off the market during the holidays and put it back on in January? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think if you have a good home listed at the right price, I wouldn't take it off the market because you're going to lose a ton of competition over the holidays with people thinking that way. Mm -hmm. So I've sold a lot of homes in December, actually, because there's not nearly as much competition and you still have active buyers. February, if if you are going to take it off the market, I January is probably going to be the slowest month, and then February, it's gangbusters again. Sure. So, Reem, uh, what is construction like in going into winter like this? Winter is uh, rapidly approaching, so we're trying to close out anything that uh, we've got that's uh, uh, going on outdoors. We do a lot of rehab work, uh, a lot of remodels and stuff, uh, tenant transitions and things. So that's going fairly good. You know, rumor has it architects and engineers are... Uh, uh, looking at a fraction of the work uh, right now that they had this time last year, which is usually, you know, 12 to 18 month outlook on at least on commercials. So we're not going out and uh, uh, buying any, uh, making any new big purchases or anything on um, uh, in, in that line. But trying to ramp up what we do in terms of service and uh uh, repairs and maintenance and rehab type work, which I don't anticipate too much of a slowdown in the real near future. But a little bit of a thinning of the herd in, in the construction industry wouldn't be the worst thing in the world either. With a booming market, you get a lot of outfits that pop up. And plus a little bit of recession in housing provides a little bit of opportunity. It certainly does. In fact, years ago, you know, I first got into stuff, we wound up picking up these random contracts with a couple different municipalities and uh, there were junk contracts at the time, cutting grass for people that didn't cut, removing graffiti, boarding up places, cleaning up trash. You know, all of a sudden, about 2007 starts rolling around, and you know, we started getting a pretty significant uptick in work. Those contracts really got us through the really poor housing market and poor building time. A lot of guys went belly up, and there we are, uh, you know, just killing it. So uh, let's talk about vacation rentals. Yeah, the reason we brought Andrew Fisher on the show today is it's a really fun story, kind of how my relationship has progressed with Andrew and, and what he's doing. I'm really excited for him. Through real estate, he's been able to drop his day job and be financially free. It's not like he's driving a Jaguar or anything, but <laughs> it's allowed him to to not have to bring in that paycheck. And I think that's something 
I don't want to spend too much time on it, but the definition to us of financial freedom is being able to not have to chase a paycheck and make your own decisions, pursue what you want to pursue. It doesn't necessarily mean that you are completely loaded and driving a Jaguar. Right. It, it allows you the freedom to not have to chase that paycheck. So another realtor that I'm friends with actually set me up or set Andrew up with a call with me and I think probably two or three years ago. And I'll, I'll let Andrew kind of delve into that, why we touched base and, and how everything's come from there. I ran into this realtor at a bar and just started talking to him about real estate. And I was telling him I was remodeling a house in Minnetonka. And I was looking to get into more of it, sat down with him. And he had recommended just through conversation that Airbnb was a really good option. And I think I just asked him point blank, you think you can make more money on Airbnb or just the standard long-term rental? And he said Airbnb. And I was kind of shocked at that. And I said, well, do you know anybody who's who's doing that? And he's like, yeah, I do. And he gave me Andy's number. So I, I gave Andy a call and, uh, and picked his brain and uh, just the wealth of knowledge there. And after the initial uh, remodel I did on the, the Minnetonka house, I ended up buying a duplex and fixed up half of it. And I currently, air, so I have the, the full-time rental in Minnetonka, the Airbnb and the duplex, and I live on the other side of the duplex. And then actually I took a look at Andy's cabin vacation rentals up north. And he really gave me a lot of helpful tips on that. So I put 12 beds into uh, my parents' cabin in Pine City, and now I manage that as well. All those grouped together, I was able to leave my job and start this uh, whiskey company called Lost Superior with, with two high school buddies and able to survive on my own. So it's been a, it's been a fun journey that Andy, uh, Andy helped out with a lot. So a lot of people are... You know, they're intrigued by the idea of owning vacation rentals, but it also horrifies them. You know, with your Airbnb, you live right next door to where these people are staying. So you're able to go in there and kind of keep an eye on things. What happens in Pine City? Uh, do people trash the place? Does it? Uh, do you have any trouble with that? So that one is definitely the, the hardest one to manage. Uh, and I think Andy can attest to this. Probably the hardest part is finding a reliable cleaner. Mm. So I rely on my cleaner a lot. It took me about four different people and I found a really professional gal who's on top of her business. It is a full-time business for her to clean vacation rentals. Mm. She'll let me know what condition it's in. If anything else, you know, needs to be bought or fixed. I run up there probably once every other week or so. It does take some time out of your schedule. It's it's not for everybody. It can be a little stressful at the beginning, but if you can just accept the stress and accept that, you know, something's going to be broken, but I'm making so much more money that it's really worth it. It gets a a lot better after the beginning if you're if you're comfortable with it. I haven't run into too much of the destructive sure. partying. Keeping your rates a little higher Large yeah. damage deposit is key. Mm. If you if you have a thousand dollar damage deposit, what do you have, Andrew? I have five hundred dollars on the cabin and then two fifty on the duplex. Okay, yeah, I do a thousand dollars on everything, even if it's one night stay. Mm-hmm. That really seems to keep people honest. And I'm sure just 
just given the damage deposit alone, just you know having that on your credit card is going to stop most people or 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 make most people be cautious of yeah. how much damage they cost. So I I don't know uh, you know how much you want to go into real numbers, but could you share kind of how much that cost and redeveloping it and how much you rent it out for? It wasn't in bad shape uh, before mm-hmm. I turned it into a vacation rental. So my parents had rented it out to long-term tenants okay. for a couple of years, and they were getting fifteen fifty in rent. And when the current renter's lease ended, I gave it a month before I started having guests arrive for VRBO and Airbnb. And I had actually taken pictures of the place before it was uh, remodeled or, sure. or fixed up a bit. And I put those on the uh, the sites early, and it got booked up just off the orig- original pictures. And these pictures had, like, you know, the renter's kids and toys in it. So they mm-hmm. weren't even great pictures, but it still got booked up that f- those first couple months. So it was ready to roll as soon as that was done, which is really nice. Uh, we put in probably over ten grand okay. into it, fixtures furniture, and then I even bought a pontoon. And that's been quite a moneymaker, too. That paid for itself this first season. So that was pretty sweet. What What are some of the tips that I taught you that you think have brought in more revenue or, or just streamlined things for you? Putting in as many beds as you can. In the upstairs, it's, it's a four-bed, three-bath. And in the upstairs, it's uh, it's smaller bedrooms. But I was able to fit in two of those full, or no, twin, twin over twin fulls. Over full bunk bed. I put two of those in each bedrooms. So right there, that's eight that can sleep eight people. Hmm. And uh, it really justifies a larger, you know, nightly uh, d- dollar-wise stay mm-hmm. when you have a lot of people splitting it. Sure. So that was really helpful. I told Andrew, like, no, get this listed as soon as you can. Don't wait for the renters to come out. Get it on Airbnb, just block off the dates until the renters are out so you can start filling that vacancy right away, hmm. um, which he he talked about a little bit there. And then I think there was at one time you started talking to me about you're getting pretty full. I said, dude, you got to jack up your rates then. Yeah, so when yeah you, exactly. When you're, when you're booked up for a solid two months and you know August is going to fill, that's your opportunity to – some of my properties, I've increased the rates $300 a night on the weekends and wow. still fills up. Or vice versa, if you're planning for next year, right now my rates are really high. If somebody wants to reserve 4th of July, I'll have the rates real high right now. And then as we get closer to May and I want to fill those weekends in May and June, then I'll start dropping the rates. Yeah, also too, you rent out one of them to snowmobilers during the winter. You do like a short-term three- or four-month lease. I did that too now in the winter, which is really helpful because you really make the most of your money on the cabin one during those months of summer and fall. So you really have to take advantage of that as much as you can. So it sounds like you got a pretty good diversified business plan, though. Now, you stocked a minibar there with that uh, whiskey business and <laughs> throwing some scotch and May- some Maybe rye one day. No, uh, whiskey and rye. <laughs> Is that one on VRBO or just Airbnb? So it's on both. Oh, okay. And uh, you can link the calendars. Oh, okay. So as soon as someone books on VRBO, it will block off the calendar on Airbnb or vice versa. The majority of my people staying tenants are from Airbnb, but it's slightly getting more and more 
filled off VRBO. I don't know if that's a slower one to get get rolling, but uh, I, I'd like those ones more for the reasons Andy said. It's a little bit more host-friendly. I feel like Airbnb has a bigger name for people that are just looking right. for a good deal and want to turn, and VRBO has a or they call it Verbo now. I had a few people say Verbo, and I was like, it's VRBO. <laughs> and then I heard their advertising, I guess it's Verbo. <laughs> but, yeah, I think the clientele there is more family-oriented, you know, looking for a five-day, seven-day stay. Do you do any other advertising other than those two sites? Do you advertise in local papers? Do you do anything else? No, I don't. Uh, I did a social media post as soon as I was done. I threw it on Instagram and Facebook and I had two friends and their families book. Okay. So that was nice. What type of overall revenues are you talking about here? You have the city duplex and then you have the cabin up north. How much do you make off of these uh, on a yearly basis? So I think the cabin came in at about uh, 40 grand and then the uh, one side of the Airbnb, forty grand for two thousand over the course of a year. Yep, over the the one year, this okay. one season, and then. But you just started this one. This is the first season, right? This is the first season. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So and you'll be able to charge more next year, like if you haven't done it, jack up your rates. I for have. Next summer. Yeah, I okay. have. And then. Uh, and buy me a beer later. Yeah, you got it, man. <laughs> okay. Well, forty I got grand. Some I mean, that's, here for you. that's incredible, <laughs> isn't I mean, it? That's, yeah, that's, it's something else. That yeah. blows me away. I didn't think you were going to say a number that high, and it sounds like your expenses are just a fraction of that. I've been able to 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 live off these. Yeah, yeah. The one in town here, the one in South Minneapolis. I mean, that one was. I did. I haven't had a full year of it yet because I started it in February, but it was booked up like twenty nine of thirty one nights each month. Which just blew my mind. I wasn't expecting that, and that's that's been over like thirty grand. So don't tell me like with that South Minneapolis place. You know, you say it was uh, you're turning people over what every week or so. Yeah, I mean, probably about twice a week. Okay, so yeah. what I mean is it that much more lucrative to uh, turn people over every few days, or rather than just getting somebody in there who needs a place for indefinitely or something? I mean, there's a lot of people out there who can't get a house that uh, I'm sure would love to rent a duplex by the month. You yeah. Know? I mean, yeah. It's, uh, it sounds like a lot of work turning. I'm just wondering if the juice is worth the squeeze compared to, you know, just farming it out to like a, a decent renter. And Yeah, that's exactly what I thought too. Um, but it makes probably twice as much as it does as a rental. So it oh, could. Oh, twice, won't it? Yeah, it could probably. Top dollar bringing like fourteen hundred dollars, maybe fifteen hundred dollars a month. It does have a backyard that I just built a fence in, so that it's really nice for dogs too. But I mean, it's clearing like three grand yeah. each month okay. now. Yeah, yeah. As I mean, that's, a, that's a significant difference. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. It's ninety nine uh, a night during the weekdays, yeah. and then one twenty on the weekend. And my cleaner, like I charge a sixty five dollar cleaning fee, and she does it for fifty five. So. I mean, even, Wait, so you're at 99 bucks a night? Yeah. Really? Yep. That's yeah. cheaper than a lot of hotels. Yeah, it's not yeah, bad exactly. at all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so uh, it's, it's <laughs> constantly getting booked out. Yeah. Wow. To follow up on Reem's question, in, in my in my experience, a large lake home, you can absolutely crush it. So that one that I have, we pulled in over six figures last year having it as a vacation rental. If I rented it out to a family, you know, long term, I'd probably be looking at like 
35000 And that's why it's fun seeing Andrew's experience with more of an urban mm-hmm. Airbnb because now it's given me the confidence if a house doesn't sell that I flip or something, right. oh, I can just Airbnb it. Whereas before Andrew was doing that, I didn't, I didn't have a lot of confidence doing that in an urban market. Yeah, right. it's got to have the right things going for it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm I'm by the light rail. I'm by, br- like, two blocks off Minnehaha Falls with a ton of walking paths. By, Free whiskey. By the airport. So I think a lot of things came together uh, for that one. I, I don't know if it's, you know, universal, but if you have the right things going on, you can you can for sure do it. Yeah, I think even the ones out in the suburbs, you're, you're probably not going to do as well as you're doing, but you, you will get people that are corporate rentals that are here for a month or something yeah and an or easy before way to, they relocate yeah and an easy way to even try it is if you have some sort of like event going on just try yeah, like renting it out for, yeah the super bowl was the first time i ever did it <laughs> and then you know the final four i did it and uh like the Ryder cup you could have done it if you were out in the burbs so i was trying to, to find give, something to flip during the Ryder cup I yeah couldn't exactly find anything. you got something going on yeah that's a nice way to you know try it see if you're up for it you know, who cares about real estate? Let's talk about whiskey. <laughs> That's why I'm here. <laughs> Tell us, how did you get in the whiskey business? Me and two high school buddies would actually get together each week and try to come up with business ideas. And one of those guys is the owner of a clothing company called Soda Clothing. So just through watching him, I saw you know, him build a brand and experience some success doing, doing something on his own. And uh, we started drinking a lot of uh, old fashions while we were at these meetings. So I uh, the business ideas got more and more interesting. Yeah, as the night yeah. Went on. We were like, why doesn't why doesn't somebody bottle this? So uh, my my product is called Lost Superior, and it's uh, it's bourbon distilled locally, mixed with raw honey, bitters, and citrus. So it's a ready to pour cocktail similar to a bourbon hmm. old fashioned. And if anybody doesn't know bourbon. You know, it's a type of whiskey. Whiskey is just a, a general term. Bourbon is majority corn, so over you know fifty one percent or more corn, rye is fifty one percent or more rye, um, and then scotch and brandy are their own things. So that that's where that comes in. So we thought, oh, we could you know make a a whiskey brand, hmm. and I started calling up uh, some local distilleries to see if they had some excess whiskey they could sell me mm-hmm. and uh i found one up north willing to uh to be my partner on that and uh then i created a recipe and i got the ttb to uh to approve a recipe and a label and that took forever <laughs> it was like they didn't want you to do it or something that was so hard uh so that was about two and a half three years ago that the original idea came up with and uh just just launched August 1st, and we're in about 60 liquor stores now. The website, lostsuperior.com, has all the locations. And, uh, yeah, when I'm not doing the rental properties, I'm calling uh, liquor stores. I'm starting to call a couple restaurants and uh, just getting it out in, in front of as many people as I can. Fantastic. How to get its name? So we were going to call it Superior Whiskey, but it's really hard to— uh, get uh, the trademark on something just by putting superior in front of such a general term. We were like, we got to come up with a different name. I thought of Lost Superior. My buddy who owns the the clothing company, he's got a really good marketing brain. 
He's like, oh, well, we could uh, have our, our marketing phrase be get lost. So, you know, we'll have, you know, you drink it in front of the campfire or uh, at a cabin or, you know, just getting out out in front of nature. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we went ahead and uh, and went forward with that. And we got the website and uh, we're able to trademark it. Nobody had any any lost superior name. And it's been That's it's awesome. been working out well. Yeah. Uh, my two two business partners actually went up to. Uh, UMD for college and I would go visit them and I'm a big time outdoorsman too so I always have a love for for the outdoors and and you know Lake Superior is the the biggest pond in North America so Mm -hmm. uh, I thought that was a a cool one to incorporate yeah the the branding's beautiful I'm really impressed with everything you guys have done thanks yeah it's you know like I said the two two guys I have working with me have been super helpful with that and shameless plug here but I this stuff is delicious. Mm-hmm. I actually, I was not an old fashioned guy. I, I don't know if I ever had one before Andrew <laughs> introduced this to me. And you you put it on the rocks and it's it's phenomenal. Mm-hmm. So I find myself ordering old fashions now once in a while. Yeah, real smooth one on the rocks. We uh, we used to call it uh, doing research, but really we were just you know <laughs> trying out a getting ton lost. Of st- yeah, exactly. <laughs> your your honey's local and everything as well, isn't it? Yup, yeah. So the the corn is from uh, farms near Alexandria. Uh, it's distilled and uh, aged in Minnesota oak barrels, and the uh, honey is raw buckwheat honey from a apiary, another word for bee farm, in Battle Lake, Minnesota. So, nice. you know, it's drink local. Uh, we're also giving a small percentage of profits to Friends of the Boundary Waters Wilderness since cool. we're using the Lake Superior kind of inspiration here. So, yeah, we're, we're giving back and, and trying to uh, trying to keep it local here. And, and honestly, it's, it's kind of blown me away meeting other small business owners. Uh, they're just so nice and open with recommendations and and information the local business scene here is it's something else and local businesses really do support other local businesses so it's been it's been a really fun journey as well yeah it's it's fun if you think you're going to have all this competition or, or in business here in the twin cities and i i find the same thing in business you've most right. people that are long-term successful are just wonderful people to work with and yeah and it's fun you can find more about Lost Superior at lostsuperior.com. It has all the locations that we're in. And we also have uh, Instagram at Lost Superior and uh, Facebook as well. I want to take a quick minute to, to ask you, the listener, to participate in our show. Future episodes, I would love to have people firing off questions via social media or, or whatever avenue you want to get a hold of me. You can reach me on our website, apgroupmn.com or Facebook, Instagram. But start firing us some questions, and we'll address them on on future shows. Thanks again for listening. If you can take a quick minute to rate or review our show on whatever podcast platform you're listening on, that would be much appreciated. So, Andy, tell me. I saw the video. Uh, what is a lumber sexual? Okay. As promised, I'll I'll describe it. Uh, a buddy of mine, when I lived in Brazil, we were we were down there talking about kind of the hipster crowd back here. He's from California, and he's like, yeah, you guys got a lot of them in Minnesota, the, those hipsters that wear the flannels, and they're all slicked up and never touched an axe or a chainsaw in their life. So we we kind of coined the term. It's a it's a hybrid of a hipster that is actually was originally a metrosexual, which dresses really nice. Right. 
and then a lumberjack. So you get a beard, a flannel, and and instantly you're a lumbersexual. A lumbersexual. All right. Yeah. New term of the day. I want to thank you for tuning in today and listening to our show. It was a it was a blast here with Andrew Fisher, Law Superior, and Andy Ream. Can we get an oh yeah to close this one? Oh yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. Thank you. Have a good day. You too. Yeah, thank you. This has been Andy Polsky's Guide to Financial Freedom Through Real Estate. Andy and the team at the AP Group of REMAX Advantage Plus bring you, the listener, and their clients a wealth of knowledge and experience in real estate, investing, remodeling, construction, vacation rentals, and developing. They can be reached at 763-639-6522 or online at apgroupmn.com. This podcast was produced by Minnesota Podcasting, who can be found online at mnpodcasting.com. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the individual participants alone and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of the AP Group, Remax Advantage Plus, or Minnesota Podcasting. The music on this podcast is used by permission of the artist.